Come on, give God a hand, strong tower. Come on now, if that were for me, that'd be all right. We're talking about the Almighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. What a joy it is to be back here at Strong Tower. It's been a couple years, and I love this church. Uh, I will say that once again, and my brother, you, you deceived me. You tricked me because you, I thought y'all had a new podium. To give y'all a little context, last time I was here, I could barely worship because I was watching that podium, and I didn't know if I was going to be tall enough to. <laughs> Every time I preach somewhere, I'm like, what's your podium look like? Is everything good? Yeah. I want y'all to be able to see me. Amen, amen. But what a joy it is to uh, be back. Uh, I can't say enough about Pastor Chris. God bless this brother right here. Every preacher needs a mentor. He's been a mentor. He's a buddy. Uh, he's a friend. He is, he's everything. Anything I need at the time, he's that guy. And this is my dude right here. We talk several times a week. <laughs> we laugh. We act up. And there's just something amazing about friendship. Uh, if you're blessed enough to have a friend uh, that sticks with you, that loves you, that challenges you, that helps you, that makes you laugh, you'll bless somebody. Because that is something that people can't say. Some people can't say they have friendships that way. And I love this brother right here. I also want to mention that your elders, thank God for your elders. Give your elders a hand at this church. And I say that because I observe the elders. I've been in meetings with the elders here. I see them. I watch them in different contexts. And I always say that an elder is not someone who runs something, but someone who serves someone. I love that about your leaders here. They are servants. They meet about how to serve you better. They pray about how to serve you better. God bless your leaders here at this church, your staff, your entire team. This is the way church is supposed to be. Church is done right, right here at Strong Tower Bible Church. The diverse vision that you all have had for years continues to go forth, and I just love it. This is exactly how church should look, and I'm just so happy uh, to be back here. Uh, if you would stand on your feet. We're in Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20, beginning at verse number 7. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word that serves as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father, we want to hear from you today. For our only fear is that we won't hear from you. Because if we don't hear from you, we would not know what to do. Lord, I pray that you will open up our understanding today. That we may comprehend your truth. Open up our hearts that we may receive and obey what we've comprehended. More than anything, have your way, oh God, in this place. We believe you for great things. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep standing. We're going to read Jeremiah chapter 20, beginning at verse 7. The prophet said, O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. 
For whenever I speak, I cry out, I shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and a derision all day long. If I say I will not mention him or speak anymore in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I am weary with holding it in. And I cannot. Go back to verse 9. He says, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, if I say I won't mention him anymore or speak any more in his name, his word is as a fire shut up in my bones. I can't even hold it in. Is that in your Bible? On your way down to your seat. Just tell somebody I wanted to quit, but I couldn't. Say it again, I wanted to quit, but I couldn't. One of the things that I believe is vitally important for us to understand as people of God who are trying to live for God is that although God's calling on our lives brings wonderful rewards, it does, it also will also include difficult times. And this is important because many people are under the impression that finding your purpose and discovering the call of God on your life yields nothing but joy and contentment minus challenges. But the truth is that the calling of God on our lives doesn't really exempt us from difficulty. Indeed, and in fact, many times what God has called you to, what he has called you to be, can often be overwhelming. It can be frustrating. It can be flat out uncomfortable to the extent that sometimes you just want to quit. I know this is true because many of God's best men throughout biblical history, people who were called of God, some of God's best hard-fighting soldiers on the battlefield, some of God's best men went through seasons, went through times where they wanted to throw in the towel. And that's what I love about the Bible because the Bible is honest. It's candid about God's people. When we talk about the Moses, you know, Moses, the prince of Egypt. Moses is the man. I mean, it doesn't get any better than Moses. Jesus, even Jesus said, there's none greater than Moses. But there was a time in Moses' life when he was leading the people of Israel. Where he told God, you know what, if it's going to go down this way, just take my life. I don't want to have anything to do with this. It's frustrating. I keep trying to lead your people. I keep trying to help them and serve them. They keep complaining. God, I, I can't do this. Don't, don't let me come to this room. Just take me, Lord. Take my life. He must have been really frustrated. Elijah, after one major victory on, on, on Mount Carmel and, 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 and slaying 450 prophets of Baal, the next day, this Jezebel, this wicked woman said, I promise you, your life is going to be just like the people you slayed. And Elijah was so depressed and he was so down. He said, Lord, just take my life. Take my life. I can't do this. This burden that, that you have on me, this assignment that you have on my life, it's just more than I can bear. It's too much. Some of you, right in this room, and this doesn't just apply to preachers. This text is not just for preachers. This applies to all of us. Some of you, some of you can testify right now. If your boss says one more thing, <laughs> I love this job. I love what I do, but I don't like you. 
And I don't want to quit, but if I have to, you say one more thing. And I'm out of here. Somebody felt that in a special way. <laughs> There's some people that have been that are married here. Look here, somebody, listen, marriage is tough, man. This stuff isn't easy. And you've gone through challenging times and challenging seasons, and, and you've gotten to that place where you just, you didn't know if you were going to make it. God called you to it. You made the vows. Everything was good. But at this point in your season, maybe in your life, you're like, I, I don't know about this. I don't know if I can make it. Some of you students, you declare right now, look, if there's one more semester like this, I'm not sure I can keep going at this pace. Being a student in school, studying as hard as I have to study. I feel like just dropping out. I feel like just quitting. I just, I, I just can't take this. All of us know what it is to want to quit. We have parents in this house. You've done all you can do for that child. You've loved that child. You've, you've done everything you can for them. You've poured into that child. You've taken care of that child, and they just, you want to lay holy hands on them. Amen. Whatever your situation is, we've all been at a place where we've contemplated quitting. The beautiful thing is that God has something for us because one of his best men, Jeremiah, a prophet of God, no doubt about it, he was God's man. He was a prophet by profession. He was actually a priest by birth, although he really never carried out any priestly duties, but he was a priest by birth. He was God's man. But we have a man in this text, as we read, that has absolutely had enough. And they call Jeremiah the weeping prophet. You know why they call him the weeping prophet? He was always crying. He was frustrated. His calling and his purpose included <laughs> ministering to a people who just would not get right. They just wouldn't get right. He, I mean, they just did not want to have anything to do with God. This was the southern part of the kingdom. You had the northern part, you had the southern part. They just wanted to go their own way. They didn't want to have anything to do with God. They were caught up in idolatry. I mean, they just did not want anything to do with God. And as a result, Jeremiah's assignment given him by God was to go to this people that doesn't want to have anything to do with God and preach destruction. <laughs> what an assignment. How would you like if I came here this morning and just preached destruction at you all day? Uh, at best, uh, I wouldn't be brought back. <laughs> at worst, your security guards may just come and throw me out. But this was his assignment. Jeremiah's assignment, given him by God, was to go and minister and preach destruction to a people that did not want to hear anything about God. Jeremiah would preach for 40 years. 40 years of ministry, many scholars say, and did not have one convert. Nobody repented. He preached and preached and cried and cried. He, had, he exerted all his energy. He gave his life to this assignment given him by God, and not one convert. Can I ask you a question? What do you do when all your efforts 
all your energy doesn't yield the outcome you anticipated. What are you doing? You're working so hard and you're anticipating that because of your hard work, because of your energy, because of your effort, what do you do when, when the outcome is not what you anticipated, even though you put in all the work? Jeremiah gave himself to ministry. He gave his life to ministry. And not only did they not heed what he had to say, the Bible says they dug a pit for that brother. They didn't like what he had to say. They didn't like his message, and they were going to take his life. Don't y'all dig a pit for my brother up in here, man. I ain't about to come, come get you. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Jeremiah had gotten to a season where he's like, you know what? God, I've been working so hard for you. I've been doing everything I can to serve you and honor you. I've been trying to carry out this assignment. This assignment, you go back to chapter one, he didn't want it anyway. But God called him to it. He said, I, I've been faithful to this assignment, and all I get is people laughing at me, making fun of me, and wanting to hurt me, and persecuting me, and verbally insulting me. And Jeremiah said, you know what? I, I can't do this. At some point in your life, you're going to want to quit. At some point in your marriage, you're going to want to quit. At some point, as a student, you're going to want to quit. If you walk with God long enough, you're going to want to quit. Walking with God isn't easy. The things that God calls me to do and calls me to be doesn't always agree with my flesh. It doesn't always agree with my uh, uh, do goals. Do good to those who spitefully use you. Bless those who persecute you. That's not my natural instinct. I want to beat them up. We really, we really are a part of an upside-down kingdom. That God's ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And what he calls me to do, Paul said, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I hate, that's what I, there's this battle between what God would have for our lives and our flesh and us wanting to go our own way. And sometimes, sometimes, you just want to say, you know what, I can't do this. I've contemplated walking away from God. I don't, I don't know if I have a church in here. There's been seasons in my life where I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure I can, can carry this assignment out. I'm not sure I can really walk with you. I, I know friends that have given up on God and walked away from God. And I've seen people go through so much and I've seen death. And sometimes it gets tough. But I continue to trust him to the day I die. Amen? Amen. Now, in this text, Jeremiah had been released from prison after being beaten just for doing what God told him to. That's messed up, isn't it? I do what God tells me to do, and the result is I get beat up. I get hurt. You know, typically a desire to give up is preceded by a trying time. When everything is going good, we're not talking about giving up. It's in those seasons of challenges. That's when we begin to, to contemplate throwing in the towel. And Jeremiah is no different. He had had enough, and he was, he was contemplating throwing in the towel. His complaint was valid in the sense that he was dealing with all the things he was dealing with. But notice what he said. He says, <laughs> he said, God, you tricked me. 
that's his complaint. God, you, you, you deceived me. You tricked me. Now, I came up in that, that generation where we didn't question God. At least grandmama told us not to question God. You don't question God. You just do what he tells you to do. You don't talk back to God. You just do what he tells you to do. You, Jeremiah just said, God, you deceived me. You tricked me. I don't know who I have in here, but, but, but I, can't, I, can, I, can under, I can understand Jeremiah a little bit. I, there have been times where I've gone out in the yard and I've shut my fist to God and I said, I don't like the job you're doing. I'm doing my part, but the outcome that I'm anticipating is not quite what I think it should be. And God, you need to get on your job. How many people agree that when I said that, God didn't panic? <laughs> I have in frustration and anger. God, I don't like this. Is there anybody that ever got mad at God in their lives? Man, God has had some conversations in the car, man. I said, God, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I bet you I won't, I'm not doing it. And I'm talking to myself and God is just like, <laughs> look at him. <laughs> he said, you tricked me. You deceived me. You know what he was really saying? This isn't what I expected. This isn't what I expected. If I had a dollar or five dollars for every time I hear somebody say, I'm quitting because this isn't what I expected. This isn't what I, and one of the main reasons people give, and probably the primary reason people give when they're quitting someone, when they want to quit, is this isn't what I expected. Makes sense, doesn't it? I, I didn't know exercising would be this tough. I bought all my gear, I bought all the clothing, I had everything rolling. I said, I'm going to do this this year, this year, 2018 in January. You know when you started. You said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to work out all year, I'm going to get this weight off of me, I'm going to do it. Two days in. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> You're on this diet. You went from eating Big Macs and, and all fried, ch just everything, just awful stuff. And you decide, you know what, I'm, all year, I tell you what, I'm going to eat right, I'm going to do it right, and you make it about two days. You're at Baskin Robbins. <laughs> it's not what I expected. I thought, I thought it would be easy. I thought I could go five years without working out, without running or doing anything, and just pick right up and run like it's no problem. That was my expectation. And when I fell out, I said, this ain't what I was expecting. <laughs> I didn't expect college to be this tough. Went to high school, breezed through, no problems. Pretty easy for me. I thought college would be the same way. Only to find out that it's not. So I don't know if I can continue this. This is not what I expected, and then things get really tough. You, then you go into your relationships, your marriage, and, you know, it's funny. Everybody has a vision for their marriage in the beginning, right? 
Oh, man, you're in love and everything is wonderful and everything's great. I mean, you're just saying nothing but sweet things to each other. And I mean, I mean, you're, I mean, you know, in the beginning, you're like, all right, honey, come on home. I can't wait till you get here. I can't wait till you come through that door. I'm looking forward to see you. After about 10 years, you're like, oh, God, you're here. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Anybody ever been there before? Come on, don't act all holy on me. I didn't say it's been your entire marriage, but you've had a season or two where you're like, how about you go on a vacation by yourself? <laughs> Amen. This is not what I expected. I expected him to, to, to pick me up and carry me across the room and carry me through the door. I expected her to be doing this and doing that, and then and they're not, and this is not what I expected. So I, I'm thinking about quitting. I didn't anticipate ministry would be this hard. You go to seminary, you go to Bible college, you think you got it all figured out, you got your degrees, you, got, you know the word, you know the text, you know this, you know that. And then you get involved in this round. Woo! This isn't what I expected. God, you tricked me. Didn't expect parenting to be this challenging. Good God Almighty. Didn't expect that. I thought whenever that little baby came out, it was just so beautiful and so sweet and just so awesome. I was just so happy. My vision was that this child was going to grow up and be so wonderful and be so respectful and be so amazing. And I I, I just knew. And then then little Junior gets about 14, 15, and I just want to cast something out of him. (laughs) Why? Because this is not... What I expected, Jeremiah said, this is not what I expected. I did not expect this to happen this way. And so what I've learned is that oftentimes we, when we want to quit, we lose sight of the original vision that we had when distortions come. I can see clearly when I'm driving if it's not raining. I see clearly. But then rain comes and it distorts my vision. I can't see as clearly as I could before the rain came. And the same is true in all these areas that we're talking about. Initially, you have the vision. You see it a certain way. You're expecting this, and you can see it clearly. And then along the way, distortions come. And that vision that you could see so clearly now is tainted. And you can't see it as clearly as you used to. And that's when you start saying, I didn't know this. I didn't know you were going to be this way. I didn't know it was going to be like that. So Jeremiah says, you know, God, you called me to this. I know it was you. I've been doing everything I can to successfully complete the assignment, to obey you, to do it exactly how you want me to do it. But right now, After this beating I just took, after being tossed into prison, after dealing with all these people laughing at me and making fun of me, I'm in a season, I'm at a place where, you know what, I think I need to quit. Jeremiah said, maybe I should stop doing this altogether. This isn't working for me. 
this isn't doing anything for me. This is, this is not helping me. God, this, this was your thing. This was your thing. I, I didn't even want it in the beginning. Is there anyone who can empathize with Jeremiah? Has there ever been a time in your life where you wanted to quit? That is, I want you to think about that. What, what, what might that be in your place right now, in your life right now? What are you going through where you're like, you know what? I don't think I can do this anymore. Have you ever said this isn't working? Have you ever said I can't take this anymore? But as much as Jeremiah wanted to quit, he couldn't. He couldn't. Have you ever been tied to something or someone that was killing you? And it was just killing your flesh. And you couldn't quit because you was tied to it. God had you tied to it. This is where Jeremiah is. He's taking everything he has to fulfill this God-given assignment. But he said in verse 9, if I say I will not mention him or speak anymore in his name. And if he says that, that means he said, you know what, I'm not going to do this. He said, every time I say that, his word is like a fire. Shut up in my bones. I don't have that vibe this morning, but that, that verse right there will preach. That thing will preach. I'm not feeling that today, but, but I've known some preachers. When they get to that part, it's like, oh, that word is like a fire. Shut up. In my bones. <laughs> I wanted to, I'm glad I got it. felt good. His word is like a fire shut up in my bones. It felt good. I'm going to unbutton my jacket here. <laughs> he said, I can't quit. What he was really saying is that when I contemplate that, I don't have any peace. I have relief. I would have relief by quitting, but I won't have peace. There's a difference between having relief and having peace. Because the word, was, the word of God was haunting him. It was going after him. It was, it was in him. He could, he, he could not quit if he wanted to. And you're wondering why you keep going back and why you keep holding on and why you keep staying the course because God has put it in you. He has called you to it, and he is keeping you there. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not you, it's God. How many times have you said, one more time? What, what, what? This is the last time. Junior, you come in late one more. This is the last time you are. Come on back in. This is the last time I'm going to. That's God. He's got you tied. He's got you tied. And when your life isn't aligned with the will of God, you just won't have peace. And there are some situations, there are some seasons where you're going to say, you know what, I, I, I can't do this anymore. But I will say this. There are some things you should quit. I don't mean to be contradicting myself. But what I've learned that most things I, I need to quit, I should have never been involved in anyway. It was not God calling. It was me calling. 
It was not God's assignment. It was your assignment. Someone said some, some were called, some just went. But if you're called by God, if you're called to him, or if you say God called you, it ought to be difficult to quit. It should definitely, at the very least, be difficult, if not impossible. I'm amazed at how deeply we give up so quickly. We quit so easily. But I will say that as much as we know we shouldn't quit, if we're real, sometimes things just get hard. Things just get hard in life. I've wanted to quit several things in my, in my life, and there's been a few things I have quit. And I'm not quitting on the Lord, man. I'm not quitting on God. I'll be like Job, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. All of us at some point have contemplated quitting. And someone may be here today that, that, that you're right there at that place. I mean, you are, you are there. I don't know your situations. I don't know your life. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know your problems, but you know. You know. There are three things I want you to remember, and I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to let you go. Number one, remember God's purpose. Remember his calling. He could not quit because this is what God put him on earth to do. If you go back to chapter one, he said, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. I ordained you a prophet. I'm your creator, and I know why I created you. And this is what I created you to do. This is your purpose. This is your calling. So the reality is we, we can, it, it gets tough. It gets, it, gets, it gets overwhelming sometimes. But remember, you're called to this. You're called to this. This is you. This is who you are. And God has given you everything you need. Nothing provides more inner tranquility than knowing your purpose and walking in it. Notice I didn't say nothing provides more happiness. That's not always the case. Happiness is based on what happens. I'll take contentment all day long. Uh, happiness, I hear, that, I, I hear that word so much, it just makes me want to lose my mind. I want to be happy. I want to be happy. I want happiness. I want happiness. And that's, that, that, that's fine. That, that makes sense. But just realize, again, happiness is based on what happens. And if your faith, if your faith is, is, is standing on happiness and what happens in your life, you're not going to walk with God long. You're not going to walk with anybody long. Paul said godliness with contentment is great gain. He said that while he was writing in a prison. Godliness with contentment is great gain. God has called you. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you think life in purpose is chaotic, try getting outside of God's will. As Jonah, God gave him an assignment. And not only, did he, not only did he not contemplate going in a different direction, he went in a different direction. He, I'm, I, no, I'm not preaching to them. I'm out. I am out. I'm not doing it. I don't like them. I knew you were going to save them anyway. They're heathens. They're evil. And I don't think they should be saved. And I don't want to talk to them. Matter of fact, I don't want to talk to you, God. I'm headed to Tarsus. See you. Wouldn't want to be it. <laughs> he 
he's on a ship, he's on a boat, he's on a boat thinking he's all good. I got away from God. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to preach to those people. I'm not carrying out that. So I'm, I'm gonna do my own thing. And suddenly the boat started to rock. God sent a storm his way and said, Oh, yes, you are. Oh, you're gonna do it. See, that's not the question. You're gonna do it. Now you're either gonna do this willingly, or I'm just gonna have to do what I have to do. You you choose. See, I like that. That's a real father right there, see. Uh, we, 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 we're a little soft these days. I hear parents say it all, all the time. Well, I'll let them do what they want. No, 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 no. You're going to do it, see. You're going to do it. Here, here's the thing. You can talk all you want, but, but you're going to either do this willingly, peaceably, or you're going to do it. I was telling somebody the other day, I know everybody does it differently. I know people always say, well, everybody's different. Everybody, ah, listen, somebody told somebody the other day, hey, you know, here's, here's what we're doing. My child, we're doing it this way. And, and it's for you. I tell her all the time, don't get mad at me for talking about you. I'm, I'm just joking. And someone told me the other day, well, I, I, man, I, I couldn't get, get away with that with my child if I wanted to. I'm like, what? <laughs> I said, let me make sure I understand. You, you just said, I, I couldn't get away with that with my child. They won't let me. Let me leave that alone. Hallelujah. I'm starting to trip now. Let me get back on topic here. Let me get... I didn't plan that. That just came out. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And then... Remember, the, remember God's provision. The grace of God will never lead you to a place where the grace of God won't sustain you. If God has called you to it, he has equipped you for it. I know, I know you're going through a rough season right now. I, I know it's challenging. It doesn't seem that, that God has equipped you. It doesn't seem that you have the provision of God because it's so tough. But I promise you, if God called you to it, he has provided and he will continue to provide. It doesn't mean there won't be difficult seasons. It doesn't mean there won't be difficult challenges. It doesn't mean there's not going to be times where you want to quit. But the reality is if you stick with God's assignment on your life, he will provide every single time. Grandmama said he may not come when you want it, but he will always be on time. Not my time, his time. Jeremiah said, man, I'm inadequate. You go back to chapter 1 when God originally called him, he said, I'm but a young boy. He was called as a at a very young age to prophesy to kings and princes and politicians and major, major, major people. So young people away with this stuff where I'm too young, I can't do it, I, you know, I'm just a young person. No way, no ma'am, no sir. Some of God's best people were young. And they decided at an early age, I'm going to serve God. I don't care what everybody else is doing around me, I'm going to serve God. Challenge you. Read Jeremiah. Learn about Jeremiah. Young person standing up, filling in the gap, living for the Lord in, in absolute chaos. It didn't get no worse than Jeremiah's times. We always talking about how, time, how times are getting now and how bad they are. Let me tell you something, folks. The Bible said there is nothing new under the sun. Last time I checked, I, I, ain't, I ain't been in no prison. Thank you, Lord. I haven't been beaten with rods. I haven't been stoned. I haven't been beheaded. We're blessed. 
We're blessed. God's provision. He will provide. He said, he said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I put my words in you. When he called him, he said, I have put my words in you. What is that? That's provision. I've given you what you need. And the last thing, I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. And this is, boy, this is, <laughs> this is it. It's going to sound so simple. It's going to sound so simple. Please don't ever forget God's presence. That he's with you. He's with you. Now, I know that seems so simple, but if you go through the Bible over and over again, God had to remind his man, behold, I'm with you. For I'm with you. For I'm with you. Jesus comes over in the New Testament says, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to, you've got to know that God is with you. I'm with you. As difficult as it got for Jeremiah, he had the assurance of God's presence. Now, God does not always take us out of the situation. He does not always take us out of the storm. That's what we really want. Just take me out. That's what they were saying. Uh, Moses said, just take me out of this. Elijah said, just take me out of this. Jeremiah said, look, just take me out of this. And God doesn't always do that. But you know what he will do? He'll get in there with you. When When my daughter was a baby, this is a good one right here. When my daughter was a baby, when she was younger, I would say six, seven, she would get in trouble. And her mother would say, go to your room. And she did not like to go to that room. Now, she loves her room now, but she did not like her room then. She could not stand being in that room. And her mother would say, that's the worst thing you could have done to her at that age. Go to your room. And she would just cry and wail. Now, I'm doing all that hard talk a few minutes ago. Let me tell you, I was a softie, and I'm still a softie. You know, I, I had a hard time just listening to her cry. And I wanted to take her out of that room. I, I just, that's what you want to provide your kids relief when they're in trouble, don't you? That's what we do as parents, right? But I couldn't do that because she deserved to be there and I couldn't undermine, undermine what my wife was doing. And that's always a balance, right? In marriage and in family and in life. So I said, you know what? I can't, I can't take her out. I'll tell you what I do. I go in there with her. Ain't that the type of God we serve? He may not take you out of the storm. But he will be down there in the basement, sleep on a pillow right there with you. He may not move you out, but you can guarantee he is right there in your situation with you. That is perspective, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot lose sight of that, ever. God says, I'm with you. I'm with you. He'll get in the situation. Joseph would have never made it had God not been with him. He would have never made it through all the things he went through. He made it because God was with him. Moses wouldn't have never made it. He would, the assignment was too big. The task was too large. But he had the fact that God was with him. And I want to tell you this morning that God is with you. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you falter in the time of trouble, how great is your strength? If you falter in the time of trouble, how great is your strength? Now, I struggle with that because, well, that's when you're supposed to falter, right? In the time of trouble, I mean, that's when faltering takes place. But God's perspective is that if you falter in the time of trouble, where's your strength at? Where's your strength? I want to ask you today. I want you to examine your life right now. Matter of fact, if you all would just close your eyes with me.
What is that place in your life? Now you know, just one more thing. One more thing and I'm out of there. If, if this happens one more time, Giving up, I'm giving out. There's some people in here this morning, I, I bet you anything, that they, that, that, that they are ready to give out. They're good people, they actually don't want to give up. They, it's the difference between giving up and giving out. They're good people. It just seems the task is just so large and the challenges are so severe and so much and it's so big. What does that look like in your life? I just want to challenge you. Trust the Lord, man. Trust him. Walk with him. He's got you tied. He's keeping you. He's with you. He's not going to leave you. If you're contemplating walking away from God, don't, don't walk away from God. Don't let people make you walk away from God. Almost every person I know that's walked away from God it had really nothing to do with God, but everything with somebody else. And they charged, got charged it to God. Jeremiah said, God, you tricked me. God didn't trick. He told you in the beginning what you were going to do. What's happened is you've gotten frustrated with so many crazy folk in your life, and you've got your eyes focused on people instead of focused on God. And now you're blaming God for what people are doing. And you want to walk away. I'm telling you right now, as challenging as it gets, and sometimes I, I struggle to remember this, but really, really and truthfully, falling in love with Jesus, it really is the best thing I've ever done. I'm telling you, man, God's way is hard, it's tough, it's challenging. I'm sorry, but it's the best way to live. God's perspective is the best perspective to have. I know when we talk, when we talk about blessing those who do good, do who hurt you and spitefully use you and insult you, that does not make sense in the fleshly realm, in the human realm. But I guarantee if you start walking that out, you're going to have the peace of God in your heart. Because it's the best way to live. And we have a reward, man. We have a reward coming. We have a reward coming. God is faithful. He's going to take care of us. He's coming to get us. He's coming to get his people. You stick there. You stay the course. You live for God. Young people, you stay with the Lord. I promise you, God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Paul said, I fought the fight. I kept the faith. Now, laid up for me is a crown of righteousness. Stand on your feet. I'm going to be down here praying. And this is just kind of my custom. I'm going to be down here praying for me. If there's anybody that just wants to just pray, just come on down here and let's just stand together and pray together and then we'll do a big prayer afterwards. Amen. Falling in love, falling in love, falling in love with Jesus. Come on, my brother. Oh, Lord. Falling in love. Oh, yes, I am. Falling in love with Jesus. With Jesus. Thing I guess. Oh, I've ever, 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 
declare that with me all over this place. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love. single person that 
that, 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 that's, that's struggling to be single, that hasn't found that spouse that they so desire, and they're struggling with their flesh, and they're struggling with walking for God and standing for God, and, and it almost seems better to just ignore God and walk away from God and just live like everybody else. But I pray that you give that person courage. Give them faith to stand strong. Heaven done in all the stand, stand. Let their loins gird about with truth. Father, we need you. We need you. We don't want to falter in the time of trouble. We don't want to quit. We don't want to quit. Help us, Lord. It is in the name, matchless name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.